Hello, everybody. This is the Lonely Guy, Steve Center, from the center of the known universe, Indianapolis, Indiana. You're listening to the Theories of Adulting podcast, the show that explores various theories of human motivation to explain the how, the what, and most importantly, the why of people's behavior. This podcast is for learners who love understanding people and why they do the strange things they do. Okay, hope everybody's doing great. I am here for another episode of Theories of Adulting. I think that about two times a month is going to be a pretty uh, standard release format from this point forward. I just have a lot of other things going on. The most exciting thing is that I'm just doing a lot of writing. On medium.com, I am at M-Y-L-D-S books, M-Y-L-D-S-B-O-O-K-S, and I've been doing a lot of writing and that's a lot of fun. It does take longer to write a good article than it does to create a podcast. I really did not think I would enjoy writing, I guess is what it comes down to. Uh, the fact that I am enjoying that is, is exciting and something that I want to continue to explore. Today, I want to talk about achievement theory, and I want to especially direct uh, achievement theory as it relates to women. This is Women's Month, Women's History Month, week or so ago, they had International Women's Day. Did come up with some ideas for an episode that would be, be especially for women. You know, in my lifetime, I have watched men ruin, or at least make significantly worse, every institution that I care about. Uh, that you could talk about the presidency, the Supreme Court, the Baseball Hall of Fame. I just think that it's, it's a weird goal to want things to be much worse. But I think what's happening is that for these men, they're making things worse for everybody because one particular decision or one change makes things much better for that small group of people who are making decisions. I guess that's understandable. I'd like to believe that if I was in a position of power and authority, I would not do that. As a man, I am ready for women to take control. There's no question that women can do whatever they want to do. With the exception of a handful of activities where brute strength is a requirement, Women are just as capable as men. A week or so ago, I was having dinner with my wife, and a young lady walked in, and she was wearing a shirt that said, the future is female. And I thought to myself that I did not believe that was true. 20 years ago, in 2002, when my daughter was born, I did believe that. I was optimistic about what the future held, not just for her individually, but for women in general. At that time, my perception was that women were making inroads in almost all fields. Soon, our Secretary of State would be Condoleezza Rice. Women were holding significantly more numbers of seats in the House and Senate, as well as governorships. On the economic front, there were no careers that women did not have equal access to. And in fact, some fields such as computer science and engineering were opening up to women to the point where almost any woman who was interested would be welcomed in at the university level and then into the workforce. The WNBA was new. Women's soccer was becoming more popular and getting ready to win some World Cups. Women's athletics was moving beyond just gymnastics and figure skating. Universities were becoming so dominated by women, it was nearing a crisis. Some schools, women were outnumbering men 60-40. Articles about why men aren't going to college were becoming more and more common. And in 2002, with women making inroads in all these various occupations and receiving significantly more education than men, they were poised that within a generation they would take over as the leaders in our society. If you were a woman 
or like myself, the father of a daughter. In 2002, the future seemed very bright. The path was clear. Any woman could achieve every bit of the success that men did, and then women dropped the ball. Yes, women were attending universities at a significantly higher rate than men, but in this case, the major they chose was the issue. These courses of study will not and do not put women in a position to lead. Women are dominating in areas like psychology, nursing, general studies, and education. And there's nothing wrong with any of those fields. They're all fine. But people who complete degrees in those fields are generally considered only capable of leading others in the same field, meaning it's assumed they can manage other women. While women are continuing to focus on majors that primarily put them in support roles, men continue to dominate the fields that produce leaders. Engineering, mathematics, computer science, and business are all fields where it is unusual to see women taking classes, let alone choosing them as a career. It is true that women are more and more likely to attend medical school, but overwhelmingly the specialty they choose is family medicine or obstetrics, and these are fine careers, but they are at the lower end of the pay scale and frankly, the prestige scale for the medical spectrum. And this continues on and on. In education, more women are training to be principals. However, there are still more men working toward those positions and far more men working as superintendents. Women are making more progress at universities. There are more women working as professors than ever before. Yet the overwhelming majority of presidents and vice presidents, as well as deans of departments, are men. So what has to change? There have to be a couple of significant shifts for women. First, when women are young, they have to be far more interested in STEM fields, science, technology, engineering, and math. There has been a push to get women interested in STEM for at least 30 years. Since I was a kid, they've been trying to get women excited about this. And this is effective when they're young, but at some point around middle school or high school, they start to deviate into interests that are not as well paid and do not provide the opportunities to lead beyond middle management. And second, women in positions to help other women need to focus on providing mentorship, especially to younger women. Whether or not this is true, there's a strong perception that older women are threatened by their younger counterparts, which is the opposite of the experience many men have. As a young professional, I sought out older professionals to get their perspectives on things. And with almost no exception, I was treated well and given support and opportunities for career advancement. This was true whether I was talking to women or men. My wife's experiences, though, were different. She has been mentored, as I was, but her mentors have been almost exclusively male. The women she worked under were much less willing to give her the same opportunities as their male counterparts gave my wife. These ladies would become jealous and accuse my wife of wanting to steal their jobs. We did have the one who got very upset and uh, when my wife was pregnant and told her she hoped that the baby would die. I'm perfectly willing to accept that what I'm telling you is anecdotal, but the experience of many women that I'm friends with has been very similar, and it is supported by the literature. There is a perception among many women that women in charge will undermine the success of other women. Finally, women have to decide to put away many of their differences and choose leaders who are other women. They have to decide not to spend their time or money or energy with organizations that suppress opportunities for women. Men have already done this, and that's one of the reasons men are more likely to vote as conservatives. In almost every nation, one of the tenets of conservatism is the continued support of the patriarchy. Men choose educational paths that will make them leaders and make them indispensable. Let's just think about the trades. 
Men are the ones who fix cars. And obviously there are women who do this, and I'm not saying there aren't. But if we're talking in the aggregate, men are the ones who fix cars. Men are the ones who weld and lay cable. Men are the ones who do all the plumbing, electric roofing, and all the other skills necessary to maintain a society. Men supports men's sports. Women do not support women's sports. Women watch the Kardashians and the Real Housewives. And there was a very funny bit by Bill Burr where he talked about this, but if you want women to be in these leadership roles, and if you want women as a group to progress, these are things that have to be addressed. Women are far more likely to financially support celebrity culture. Men support athletes to the point that the overwhelming majority of male professional athletes are millionaires. We cannot say that about women. The reason this is so significant is that team sports show a group coming together, each within their role to achieve a common goal. The amount of money spent by women on women's sports is evidence that that idea is not something women are interested in, especially when we contrast it with the entertainment where the focus is women tearing down other ladies. What can women do? None of the suggestions I'm about to make will require that women be less like themselves. And in fact, I would say, ladies, be the best you that you can be. In fact, one change I would make is to suggest to start internalizing the idea that characteristics that are typically thought of as feminine are positive. When discussing what makes a good leader universally, people list attributes that are characterized as masculine, while stereotypically feminine characteristics are often identified as detriments. Women can change this by identifying value in what are considered typically feminine qualities. A larger percent of women need to gravitate towards fields that will allow them to be leaders. Ideally, once young women are in middle school and high school, they will be steered towards STEM fields. If they do stay within STEM, they can then choose to make choices that will allow them to assume greater leadership roles. Different specializations in medical and legal fields will be a good example of this. And it's not like there aren't any. There are certainly women who, who are already in these positions. So women who are successful, successful entrepreneurs, successful at other fields, they should seek out other women to give them opportunities for advancement. At the same time, women should not be against other women for choosing to have children or not have children. Choosing to financially support activities that build up women would be an important step. At the same time, they need to stop giving their money to the types of entertainment that pit women against each other emotionally. Women must stop supporting organizations, clubs, churches, and political parties that undermine their progress and their rights. There will always be people who vote against their own best interests, but it should be clear which candidates are supporting the advancements of opportunities and rights of women and which ones are not. Through all this, women who are already in positions of leadership and power need to identify ways to support and empower women who choose to be mothers. I can only speak in the United States. I do not know what's going on in other countries, but we have a child care crisis. There are not enough workers in this area. There are not enough facilities for daycare and preschools. And the cost is so high that oftentimes, even if women would like to work, they cannot afford to do so. If women wait for men to give up power and control to give them more opportunities, my guess is they will be waiting for a long time. However, women do not need men to be successful. They do not need men to go into fields that will give them more opportunities. 
They do not need men to become leaders. They do not need men to advance politically. They do not need men's permissions to exercise their own rights. They do not need men to allow them to mentor other young professionals. What is needed is for women to make the kind of changes that will give themselves and other women more opportunities. It is not a question of whether or not a woman can handle one job or another. It is not a question of whether they're too emotional or any of the other things that have been said in the past as a way to suppress women. The question is, do women have the will and desire to take these steps? And in a country the size of the United States with 330 million people, if only 1% more, there's a 1% increase in the number of women, for instance, going into the hard sciences, the shift would rock the country. But the small shifts end up being an an aggregate of a large number of people. So I'm hopeful, as we have just a little bit of time left in Women's History Month, that we can see these kind of changes. I would love to watch Gen Z to be at the forefront, and I'd love to see a matriarchy emerge. I am prepared to to be controlled by the matriarchy. All right, I'll see you guys next time. Thank you for spending time with The Lonely Guy. In addition to Lonely Guy with a Book, Steve has podcasts Losing Weight with The Lonely Guy, Theories of Adulting, From the Beginning, a Doctor Who Review, and a complete review of the Arrowverse universe with his beautiful wife, The Lonely Gal. If you want to read Steve's column, you can find that on medium.com with the username at MYLDSBooks. If you'd like to reach Steve, you can reach him at MYLDSBOOKS. That is MYLDSBooks at gmail.com. Until next time, signing off.